You're listening to the Marginally Geeky Show, the Epically Geeky Book Club. Greetings and welcome to the Marginally Geeky Show. I'm your host for the evening, Eugene Stevens. Uh, tonight we are uh, joined by uh, our whole cast. We've got everyone back together. The whole band's back together. Uh, we've got Jen, Sean, Chris, and Ray. How's everyone doing? Uh, we're uh tonight we are we had to push back as you can tell we had to push back uh life life happens uh we had to push back a little bit in order to finish this but we want but we wanted to make sure that we got everyone uh through the book because uh hopefully we can maybe get the author back on we'll see um we are reading uh we read uh bobaverse uh book four uh heaven's river um so before we get into our initial thoughts on this book, uh, a couple things to bring up. Uh, when we were talking to Dennis E. Taylor, the author, uh, he had he had said that originally he was planning on this book being uh, two books, and yeah. then he got the notification saying, "Hey, we're gonna kind of just smush them together, make it one large book." And he's like, "Oh, okay, sure." Um, yeah, so, it was um, so long. <laughs> it was it was a pretty long book, and. I can definitely see. Uh, I think it was me and Ray on the, on just kind of a separate chat. I was like, you know, so where do you see that they would have broken the book? And where he said is exactly where I thought too. I thought, well, this is exactly where he would have broken the book in half, and I would have been like, really? Until we had to wait for the second part. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, on the upside, we didn't have to wait for a second part. On, I mean, I loved all of it anyway, but uh, it, it was definitely on the longer side. Um, that's what she said. So that that being said, uh, let's go ahead and, and give our, our initial impressions. Would anyone like to go first? Motorola! <laughs> so, uh, Ray, what were your initial impressions reading the book? Uh, so initial impressions were I was just so happy to be back in the universe. Uh, so happy to be immersed with all those characters. Um, I was curious, kind of, I, I remember, like, Fuck, whatever happened to Bender? I know he kind of, and then they they didn't really bring it up in the trilogy, and so I was happy that they were going after him and trying to figure out where he was and what was going on. And uh, I would have kind of liked to have known a little bit more as to what was going on on with Bob, uh, as to like there's a bit of a hiatus in between, and so he, they they didn't really touch on it very much, other than he's you know, MIA for a while. Uh, while he was traveling and then the other person that I wanted to know about a little bit more as to why he did his hiatus was um, uh, uh, Riker because they just kind of he just kind of brushed aside as to he was been in the mountains for a while and it's like so other than choosing to I mean he, he anyway just a couple little things of like a bridge between the two book, uh, the yeah, the, the last book and this one would have been nice. But other than that, I I was just excited to be in the in the whole universe again. Nice, uh, Chris. What were your initial impressions? Um, trying to remember where the last book ended, <laughs> and I didn't remember. But thankfully, um, Dennis did a good job of sort of doing a recap a little bit. Most of the time, I'm just I I do have pretty good recall um 
for books that I've read in the past, as long as I get like a little tidbit of information, I'm like, oh, yes, that happened. And then it'll come back. Um, so thankfully he did that. Um, yeah, I was just excited to see where he was going to take this and see what else he was going to add and how the Bobberverse was going to change, if it was going to change. And yeah, that's kind of and And uh, I like Howard and Bridget. I really like Bridget. Yeah, they're great. So I wanted to see if he was going to add more of them. and um, But I really liked it. I listened to it in chunks, so I don't really notice how long it is because it, I only listen to it like um, like a half hour here, hour there, two hours tops if I'm driving somewhere um, far. And then this last week I've been listening to it in the house. So, yeah. And then the ending, I literally yelled out and immediately called, <laughs> she called, she called me at work. <laughs> She's like, what the <laughs> I yelled out as soon as it as soon as I heard the credits, I'm like, what the fuck, Dennis? And then I had to call <laughs> and vent a little bit. <laughs> Express myself. <laughs> Listen, if he had a if he had to cut it off where you I probably I would have it. said it regardless. Like if yeah. he had to split it off into two books, I probably would have been like I I mean I love a good cliffhanger, but I also hate it too. So <laughs> Yeah. Uh Jen, what were your what were your thoughts? Um, it was very long and <laughs> hard for me to find the time to get to the whole thing. So, um, I was listening to it like every free moment I had in the car at home, but, um, the, it was a great story. I just really struggled with this one, remembering things, getting the ch- the storyline straight. I don't know why. I don't feel like I had this much trouble the first three books, but I could, I had to rewind, rewind, rewind so many times because I just, I would miss something or I'd be like, I don't understand. Um, so I just felt a little stupid <laughs> for a lot of it because I couldn't remember. Like there were things they would bring up and I was like, oh, yeah, that did happen in one of the books. Um, and I just even though I listened to our previous two episodes, it doesn't even come close to covering everything that happened. So it, it was a little frustrating because I, I just seem to have more trouble with this one for some reason. I was also trying to listen to it way too fast. So that probably didn't help too, but I was trying to get through it. I don't know how Eugene does that. Yeah. It was bad. I can't, I can't do it. I cannot do it at normal speed. It's, it's like pulling teeth to me. And I talked to, I've talked to some other people and they're like, yeah, once you go down that road, you don't go back. Like there's no, there's no going back. Cause like my wife will be like, you can put on a podcast if you want. I'm like, can I at least do like a, one and a half times speed because if I have to put it on normal speed, I'm just I'd rather just sit there in silence. I'm like gonna it's just, cry. Yeah, it's just gonna drive me insane. Uh Sean, what were your initial thoughts? Um well like I knew that those first three books backwards and forwards. I kept re listening to them and all that. So I initially I I love the book. Don't get me wrong, it, it's great. But it was quite I found it quite a departure from the first three books. Um Dennis really seemed to narrow his focus on the story. Um, like there was snippets of different bobs and stuff like that going on. Where in the first three books, you had very distinct other stories going on in the same universe. Where this one was really focused on Heaven's River with a couple little side bits mm-hmm. like they're thrown in. Now, I don't know how much we want to give away here, but some of those side bits you can tell are going to be very important down yeah. the road. Um, 
And I was really interested in those little tidbits. I'm like, man, can we get some more of that story? Mm-hmm. Um, and that drove me nuts. Like when the book ended, I'm like, oh my god, can you not have expanded some more on this stuff? Um, he really did get into metaphysical stuff, which was I found it was really interesting. I had to re-listen to that a couple times, and I had a bit of a hard time with the engineering, um, but I wasn't the only one because Dennis actually posted on his website uh, descriptions and I came up with the stuff for like the Topopolis and that helps. <laughs> um, the the mega structures are so cool, but mm-hmm. man, I had to like sit down with like a pen and paper and start kind of drawing stuff out and like it's very technical. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. So um, that I found I was more interested in the little side stories that he would just drop a hint of here and drop a hint of there, rather than the the search and rescue main story. Like, I was interested in it, but I was like, yeah, this is kind of cool, but can we talk about something else? Because with those first three books, um, he give you just enough to, like, in a story, keep you really, really interested, and then you move on to something else. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that was a really good story, too. And then you move on to another, oh, that's a really good story, too. Mm-hmm. So this one was, like, you had that main bit. And then you'd have like a little leaf coming off here. And we there. also had the coup. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and even that coup though, like in like relation to that whole book, they didn't talk about the coup that. No. Much. No, they didn't. No, you're right. So, so every now and then they would put it in, like it was important, but and you could kind of figure out what was going on, but it, it would have been more interesting to find out, like those bobs in their discussions which he never had like how the coups were forming and stuff like that like in the other books you'd have entire storylines focused on other bobs where you didn't really have that in this book and that would have been interesting but he's getting to the point where like there's just too freaking many of them can't can't do that i the there's two things with that, and, and I don't know if it's intentional by any means. Um, so for, one is, it kind of felt like the first book again, where you're following along with Bob. Because yeah. for the majority of that first book, you're following Bob. Yeah. Then in the later part, you start hearing about these other Bobs. So so I'm wondering if it's kind of a parallel there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the other thing that I was going to say, too, is is... For me, it felt very natural. And again, I don't know if this was intentional or not. Um, it felt very natural for us to be focused on Bob because he was so cut off from the rest of the Bobiverse, especially after Star Trek, the Star Trek did what they did and started cutting everybody off and everything. So I didn't mind those little tidbits because it felt like that's what Bob would have got. He's getting all this little bit of information as we go. So maybe that, maybe that's why I just... Oh. Don't get me wrong. I love the tidbits. I just wish they yeah. were bigger. <laughs> um, um, you wanted more book? book? You didn't? 26 hours wasn't enough for you? That's how long it was. I had no problem with that. Yeah. I basically got it done in a couple of days. So. Yeah. It's one of those ones where I was like, I'm not stopping until I've listened to this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> I was listening. <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, that that was my initial impressions. And it, it's pretty... It's still the same. 
I think like a, I've done more research on the engineering. So if I go back and reread it, there's certain things that I would definitely pick up on a little bit more. Um, but it's like the science and the metaphysics stuff and all that. The storyline was good, but I was, I found I was more interested in the little things going on around because by the end of the book, those little things are really adding up. Mm -hmm. You know, there's something bigger. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah. So, so I've, really I've big. actually gone through the book twice. Uh, Sean, like you, I've reread the original three. I don't know how many times I yeah. love them. That's just, it's comfort food at this point. Yeah. Um, my first read and second read, and of course, this is listen, but uh, my first read and second read were, were different. My first read, I was excited, but also nervous the entire time. Um, I I love these characters. I love this world that he's built in and the idea that it's going to be destroyed or it's going to come apart scares the hell out of me. And the I, the entire time I kept listening and we did get a cutaway. It was, oh fuck. Well, here's where here's where he's gonna drop the bomb. Here's where here's where someone that I care for died, or here's where you know everything's gonna blow to shit. Um, and so when we didn't quite get that, you know, there are some changes, and it's definitely setting up stuff. Uh, the second read through was a lot more enjoyable for me because I was like, okay, good. I know things are going to get different, but not necessarily fall off the cliff, uh, which I was kind of nervous about. Um, I agree every, and I echo everything you just said, Sean. Um, the first books, uh, I mean, yes, they, they, they do start off with Bob, but then they very quickly turn into, um, not like not like a traditional sitcom. Let's say more like um. Let's take more like a, a a big drama like Game of Thrones. You've got multiple characters and you go with each character for a little while and then you flip over to another character and yes they cross paths but then they have their own things and they interact but they everyone has their own path and we're following multiple paths all the way through. Mm -hmm. This was more like a sitcom in that you have the A plot, a B plot, maybe a C plot. And we keep hitting the A plot, and every so often we go off and we get part of the B plot, you know, things that are going off in the Bobaverse. So um, it's definitely different. It's kind of like I'd almost rename it instead of Heaven, Heaven's River, something like Bob's Excellent Adventure, uh, <laughs> because it does focus on Bob. Um, but yeah, so like I said, I was nervous listening to it the first time because I was like, oh man, please don't please don't destroy this world that I love so much. Um, and when that wasn't the case, then I could take a deep breath, li listen to it a second time and really enjoy it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, let's go ahead and start off and talk a little bit about uh, the science and the engineering behind this. So uh, I think, th thank goodness for uh, Star Trek, the next generation. I think mm -hmm. a lot of people are aware of what a Dyson sphere is. So when it was initially, brought up in the other book jen's oh, shaking her head nope. um <laughs> no idea oh, anyone anyone who watched tng religiously knows what a dyson sphere is and it was just like oh shit a dyson sphere that's interesting um i never heard of this type of a mega structure um so it was a little confusing and after definitely the second time i listened to it it, it made more sense but um yeah, after he after he posted the thing explaining exactly how it works, because some of it was just like, okay, so there's three strands and they twist, but they're also moving within an exterior. And I'm just like, 
what? And then like I read it up, and I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, the engineering on that is just, I, and I love the fact that um, I've been introduced to something new that apparently is not like, you know, he didn't just like, oh, I'm going to come up with some crazy idea. It's like, no, really smart people have already theorized that this is a thing that could feasibly happen. So, And that we have the technology that if we actually all kind of got together, we could actually build it. Like it's, that's the other part of this. So, yeah. Um, take a lot of resources, but, oh, um, sure. but yeah. he even explains that, right. He even uh, explains how much water they would need and how much resources they would actually require to do it. And so, and I love the fact that they're like, well, there should be a planet here. I wonder why there's not a planet. Oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just going to take apart a planet and do this, which I mean, Yeah. Okay, I, I mean, yeah, I guess it, it would definitely change the uh, celestial model of the solar system. But if we figured out that, you know, Mars was like basically just this giant, you know, factory or, you know, a, a bunch of stuff that we could use. It's like, well, it's not like, well, right now, as far as we know, there's nothing living on it. Otherwise, it's just like, yeah, might as well. <laughs> so... <laughs> Just take it apart and, and do what but we need to do. If you're, um, a doctor, if you're a Doctor Who fan, you won't drink the water. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay, so the, the book starts off with Bob is – Bob's been out there. Like he and at the end of the, the other books, Bob was like, I'm going to I'm, – I'm done. Um, he's making a break from you know uh, his previous life. I'm going out there and I'm going to explore. And it's just like he's like, you know what? It's been a while. I'm gonna I'm gonna catch catch up with my buddies. And they're like, yeah, you've been gone for a while, Bob. We're we're up to twelve, thirteen, fourteen generations out, and we're starting to see some weird stuff. Like, uh, some of them are are kind of acting like not Bob like. They're a little they're a little out there. Uh, Bobby. Yeah. Um. The the Pav are kind of really standoffish. Um, we're, we're trying to take kid gloves with that, but, and then of course there's still a lot of people that just feel horrible about what happened and they're still, they definitely have some PTSD from, from the, the previous war and everything that happened. Yeah. Um, but you know, humans are being humans and already starting to be stupid again. And Bob's just like, well, okay, that's interesting. Tell you what, um, I'm going to go, I'm going to see if I, find, if I can find Bender. Like I know we've already sent out some scouts to see, but I'm going to really take my time and see if I can figure this out. So he's like, y'all deal with that bullshit. I'm going to go check this yeah, out over here. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so Bob sets out. And when Bob finds, he's like, Hey, I think I have a lead here. He's like, Hey, time to check back in, see what's going on in the Boba verse. And they're just like, dude, shit's like really crazy now. Cause now we're up to 25 generations out and we have bobs that don't even classify as bobs like we have there's a group called they call themselves starfleet and they are dead set on the idea that uh the bobs should have no interaction with anyone else like humans should do human stuff paths should do path stuff and bob should stay the fuck out of everything um we have some cosplayers like walking around dressed up like borg <laughs> Um, we have gamers that literally, it sounds like that's all they do is they just like fucking role play and D and D, which yeah. I'll be honest with you. Like if I were an immortal 
you know, being, I would be like, hey, I'm going to drop in every so often because this is going to be some fun shit. Mm-hmm. Um, especially being able to do the stuff in, in virtual would be so awesome. Um, the whole thing with the dragon was just awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that he's just like, so I, I took the fire staff and shoved it up the dragon's butt and guess what? The dragon's not fireproof after all. <laughs> I, I like that they paused it and like, is he going to save roll on that? Because like, <laughs> that is totally what gamers would do. They would totally be like, all right, so how do we play this? Like, how do we roll? <laughs> do I get a save roll? I don't know. How do you stop that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How do you dodge that? Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. We have, um, oh, I forgot what, the Skippies. We have the Skippies. And the Skippies have basically are just like all super intellectual intellectual and they're just like hey we're going to create an artificial intelligence and we're going to basically live at our highest frame rate like the fact that we have to slow down to deal with humans we're not against dealing with humans but come on you're wasting time and of course the other bobs are like we're immortal what do you mean wasting time (laughs) like but time is very important for them they want to get to their their end goal as quickly as possible so we have all these factions that are starting to break out um and then on top of that, we have, like I said, people are being humans are being humans and being stupid. And, you know, we have uh, what could possibly be some civil wars starting up, not only within the Bobaverse, but with, you know, between factions of humans. And then they're afraid of the PAV and the PAV are not too keen on them and everything. So we have all this really interesting stuff that's happening, which, like I said, is kind of scaring the crap out of me. Um and then, you know, I'm just going to kind of stick with the, the B-plot stuff, as it were, before we hit to the main plot. Um, we have uh, some of the Bobs are just like, you know what? It's time to go. And like you brought up, like Will basically just told him, like, he's like, I'm out. I'm gone. And lives in a fucking mountain, dresses like a mountain man, which was funny because when they brought up about the beard, they're like, what's with the beard? And he's just like, until I started dressing like a mountain man. Like they they thought, oh no, he's still available, and he's like, no, I'm retired. Like, <laughs> understand this shit is real. So, um, but we've got uh, we've got um, you know, there are several bobs, and um, what are the two bobs that are in the um, the the big giant shuttle? What's it called? Um, the show. Oh, the the Valerathon. The, the yeah, uh, we have the two bobs there. Right, and they're trying to they they've created a new a new android basically that's not quite liquid but almost like a liquid terminator. Um or yeah, two of them. And so they're Oh, they're Manic like, and Skywalker? Yeah, they're they're basically uh <laughs> that was that probably like, that was awesome. Um the fact that they're like, "Hey, uh we're thinking of like getting out of town just in case we were to come across something else like the others or in, something worse than the others." And so it originally it starts off with this idea of how about we take a small group of humanity and go way over there just in case humanity were to get wiped out, we could still survive. And over the what little bit we got of it over the course of the book, it's like, yeah, like shit's getting bad here again. So maybe maybe we need to get the hell out of Dodge and we're not necessarily going to help everyone out this time. Like the the other yeah. The other conversation that I like that uh, that they were having was uh, the reason why they're the reason that why that Will wants to leave is um, he's really interested in finding 
a much higher intelligence. And he understands that it is more like a pyramid where you're, the highest intelligence will be the smallest amount of population within the whole area. But he's like, we haven't seen anything even close to us yet. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So that's what he's going to search for. And I, I do like that concept of there's something more going on than just, you know, it's, it's, it's too random right now. And so I like that he's trying to figure that out. Do you yeah. guys think it's strange that none of the other um, replicants, I guess, are cloning? Like, none of the humans that have become replicants are, are doing it. And okay, bots so I wanted, have done it so extensively. I, w- I wanted to bring that up. So we do have – we have hit a part far enough in the future because we've had this conversation on the show. If you had the opportunity to become a replicant, would you? Um, and we finally hit a point – and I like how he kind of explains it. It's like, well, we're far enough away from the war. Like, no one wanted to, to become a replicant because they're just like, hey, I'm just going to become cannon fodder for fighting the others. And now that they're far enough out from that, people are like, well, you know what? Maybe immortality is not that bad if you're not basically going to be, you know, doing bullshit jobs. So uh, we end up meeting one. Uh, he's a um, – what would you call him? Astrophysicist? He's an engineer. He's yeah. yeah. Um, and he's the one that helps them, you know, understand the, the, the mechanics of this, of this, uh, structure. superstructure. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad we did finally start to get, um, some more people who are deciding to replicate. And I also love the fact that they're like, so, so what do you do? He's like, I teach, I still teach. They're like, really? He's like, yes, I was the greatest. I was the best person in the field. I'm still the best person in the field, even <laughs> though I'm technically dead. Um, the university's like, well, all right. Yeah, cool. And I love the fact that there was a conversation about pushback because people were like, well, that's a job someone else could have. He's like, well, you find someone better than me and you can, they can have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, even the college agreed. The college was like, yeah, we'll hire somebody that's living uh, once we find somebody with his qualifications. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like none of those folks are cloning. True. Right? And, but I don't know about him, but that brings up a subject that comes up later on in the book. And that is we have a mission and it would become very imperative if we could get some clones because there's a breakdown in communication and we go to, well, one of our team members, Bridget, um, you, you want a clone? And she considers it, but then goes back against it. So what are your thoughts on that? Because one of her biggest things is now she also said the main reason she decided against it, and I understand this, this was – this is where cloning would be hard um, because Bob was dead for, what, a hundred and some odd years or whatever. So everyone he knew was gone. Um, whereas – and so cloning's uh, different for him. For Bridget, on the other hand, her and Howard have been raising children. And she's like, so if I were to clone myself, how do I tell my clone, oh, sorry, I'm the one that gets to stay with Howard? And the kids, and you and get nothing kids. to do with any of them. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. yeah. Like, if you, could, if you could, if you could set your mind, like, if you could freeze your, if you could, like, set your mind at one point and be like, okay, I'm going to clone, and I'm telling myself right now, I am going to be okay with the fact that I'm not going to see my family. I am doing this because I want to focus on uh, my hobby or whatever it is I want to, you know, my, my job role. I want to focus on that. If you were able to do that, maybe, but that's the problem is 
you're not able to do that. Whenever you, whenever they clone, you get someone, you get a completely new person and they may be like you. They may not be like you. Apparently the further they get off, you know, away from the original, it, there's more changes, but it's just like, yeah, how would you, how could you tell a clone of yourself? Sorry, you don't get to be with the family and friends and even the job necessarily. Well, but even even if you came to that decision, and even if you were like, oh, you know, okay with it in your own way, how could you do that to yourself? And that's what she basically comes down to: is I couldn't do that to my clone. Right. Which, yeah. Which on the shallow part, and they do address, and I love the fact that he did also address the shallow part of this, is the fact that, oh hey, listen, there's this super cute. A uh, redhead that's like super smart, which that's her sexiest quality is the fact she's super smart. Um, and there's more of her. <laughs> yeah, um, I kind of want ha- what Howard has because Howard figured it out. Like Howard's good job, Howard. Um, but it's just like you know that would just be it would it's weird. It is a it is a weird idea. Now, uh, what's his name? Uh, Henry Roberts. Um, the the sailor. Now, if he wanted to clone, I could see where he would be like, well, yeah, I'm just making a, a different version of myself so that we can both sail. So I've got someone else there with me, or this way maybe we can, you know, cover more ground or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Bridget Bridget brings up a very interesting aspect when it comes to the cloning aspect. Because yeah, even at I... this point, how would Howard clone? Like, I don't think Howard could clone himself at this point anymore. No. I get Bridget. Like that makes sense. It's I guess there's there's just so many other humans that are opting for this, and I'm I'm surprised that they're not more involved in the Bobaverse and not cloning themselves. And maybe they are, and we don't know about it, but it's not apparent at this point. So the Bobs definitely did not make it look pleasant. No, like, right. no. Well, I still thought it was pleasant given the same situation, but yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean, though? Like they yeah. the all the humans are looking at it like, OK, but now you're just warring with yourself. So I don't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Um, so we have we have some of those interesting things. And like I said, I did want to bring that up. There's one other thing I want to bring up um, before we kind of start talking about like the, the main A story, as it were. Um, so there's a conversation later on in the book where um, Hugh is talking to Bob and he's like, so we have figured out a couple of things about the cloning situation. Whereas um, we definitely have a soul and it's, it's one soul per person. Like we are not just cloning. We are creating new individuals. Yeah. I didn't understand that conversation at all. Okay. So, so basically what he was saying is if I were to clone myself, when I wake up, I'm still me. When my clone wakes up, it's a new person. So I'm Eugene. He's Robert. If, on the other hand, I close, I basically create, you know, a, a cloning station, a, a replicant somewhere else, and I shut myself down, transfer my my information, my brain to this other place, basically teleporting myself. Mm-hmm. When I wake up. I'm still me. Yeah. If I go back and wake this body up, I'm going to be a new guy. And they kind of roped it back into the whole idea that, well, maybe the universe is a computer program and it can't handle 
multiple copies of the exact same thing, which is why we have different variations. And of course they're like, well, that's a pretty shitty program. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I thought that was interesting to the fact that he's like, yeah, we've even tried it where like we've shut someone down and cloned them and woke the clone up first. And it turned out to be the person. And when we woke the, woke the original body up, it was, it was the, it was the, the different person or whatever. So, um, I thought that was an interesting idea for the, um, for the, for the embodiment of a soul, essentially. So, well, in, yeah, in the, the whole discussion of like inf- information can't be destroyed, right? So if, if, if information can't get destroyed, the universe, this is the way of it's writing itself. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, okay, so let's talk about kind of, quote unquote, the main story. Um, so like I said, so Bob goes out, he finds, uh, what he thinks he's, he's found, um, the trail of Bender and he, uh, uh, stumbles upon this, uh, Topopolis and it's essentially a giant ring instead of a Dyson sphere being, you know, going all the way around a, a star. It is a, a giant ring. And within the ring, there are multiple rings, or, yeah, essentially, that kind of twist in a helix, uh, that are also spinning within it, and it's broken into certain, it's broken into, I can't remember, thousands of segments, um, and live in, there is some outside technology, they actually attack a couple of Bob's, um, uh, drones or whatever, and they're like, well, there's an intelligence here, um, we find, they find the wreckage of Bender ship and no Bender, he's not in there. So they're like, well, uh, these, pro- these people probably know what the hell's going on. Um, let's go investigate. Uh, so they send some, uh, send some drones, they find out some information and they find out it's a uh, frontier type, like, that's <laughs> yeah like they're like they're on like the steam age and yeah. um they're giant um uh beavers otters otter beaver. otter beavers yeah with with uh beaks yeah. yeah yeah um and they're living in this situation and they're like okay how did these people number a build this uh b capture bender uh possibly so there's definitely some information that needs to, to happen. So they come up with the idea. Let's. The only way we're gonna find out is if we if we infiltrate this this society and find out what's going on. So they basically put together a task force of um it's uh Bob, Bridget because she's the the expert on different types of um uh alien animals and stuff. Um, Bill was in there, right? Or was it Will? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um and then we have a backup. Were. Yeah, and then we have a backup. We have Hugh. Yes. And and uh Hugh is one of the um the skippies. Um and I love the fact that they got the different groups together uh to kind of like you know, all these bobs have all these different ideas and stuff with the exception of Starfleet. When they start explaining what's going on, Starfleet's like, absolutely not. You don't need to, inter- you know, interfere with these other people and basically get shouted down because the other bobs are either like, I want to find out about the people who are living there. I want to find out about like how this thing was built. <laughs> like all of the geeky bob stuff comes back in all the bobs and that's what kind of reunifies them for a little bit. Um, 
so they 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 uh, basically sneak into uh, into the society or whatever. And um, for being even though they're pretty large, for being pretty cute looking, uh, they're very territorial. Like they're they don't have a problem throwing the beat down on someone if if they think you uh, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and very quickly, the uh, three of the other members uh, get locked out because Bob has been cut off almost all communications uh, while he's doing this because the uh, Starfleet has decided now's the time to strike and they have essentially shut down communications um, and, and the 3d printers and stuff in quite a few, uh, you know, quite a bit of the Boba verse. Uh, so Hugh steps up and transfers his information, you know, to where Bob is and takes on one of these other androids. And, and so it's the rest of the book is their their little adventure going through trying to find Bender. And we get to the halfway point in this book where uh, Bob has become um, uh, uh, he's been arrested, essentially. <laughs> and they take him to this room and there's what looks like this old fashioned radio and it's talking and it. What was it called again? Motorola. Motorola. <laughs> Motorola is talking and someone brings up something or another about blowing stuff up. And in plain English, he goes, and we don't like explodey stuff. And he's like, Bender? And I can see right there, that's when the book would have fucking ended. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and we would have yeah. all been yep. pissed off. Yes. Yep. Oh, yes. That's exactly where I was. I, I might have stopped it where he goes, Bob? Like, <laughs> yes. <and> then, <laughs> exactly. Just to let you know, definitely, yeah, that's Bender. So uh, so anyway, yeah, Bender tells us, you know, we, we, we get, you know, in little glimpses, Bender's basically like, Hey, uh, yeah, so I encountered this group. Um, I got shut down. The next thing I know, I'll wake up and I'm somewhere or another. They basically took all of my hardware and stuff, and I've been trying not to go insane by, you know, slowing my perception of time way down. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't have his VR. He doesn't have his VR. He's like, so he's like, I'm okay right now, but another couple hundred years and I may. Okay. I may be, I may go insane. Like this is, this is not cool. Um, so the rest of it is, is, is this back and forth of, of Bob and Hugh trying to figure out, well, how do we, how do we find these people out? And there's, and in the book we have, it, it's, it's become clear that there's an AI that is governing, governing everything. It's set up everything, but, and for whatever reason, it's keeping these people, what do they call them? I'm, Blanking on that. Quinlans. Scatters. The Quinlans. Quinlans, yes. And it's keeping scatter. them at this at this pre-industrial level. Uh, they're not really sure why. They're but they're keeping them at a pre-industrial level, and there's a resistance, and there's like um the people that work for them. And so it's just it's this espionage. And I love so, the fact of of these these missions where they go on it and they're like, okay, don't use your super strength and speed. But maybe a little. <laughs> so what were you gonna say, Jen? Um, I was gonna say before they revealed Bender was Motorola or whatever, I kind of had this theory that maybe he was the um the overseer or whatever. Yeah. I, I forget the name of the guy. That's uh, what I thought too. And and I was like, this is gonna be like a Wizard of Oz moment where, you know, we find out he's the guy behind the curtain and 
um, he's been making the call and he came from this faraway land and everything. But obviously I was wrong. But that was that was my first, you know, hypothesis. That was my first hypothesis, too. And I thought the rest of the book was going to be them trying to get in touch with him and then trying to figure out how as a Bob did you come to the conclusion that this was the best idea? <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought that's what it was going to be. But it wasn't. It, the rest of it, the majority of the book was – like Sean said, it was like it was a heist. It was a it was a essentially a heist movie. They were trying to steal him away. Yeah. Yeah. Can we? I just go back a little bit. I love the fight scenes, uh, especially no Superman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and for whatever reason, like I never got like wh- whenever we were talking about the um um oh not the path the uh, the the ones that Bob uh. Oh. uh Deltons? The Deltons. Whenever there was a fight like that, I never, like, I, I don't know, maybe just the description of how they look, I always took that very seriously. Like, you know, he was like, I can't do something that obviously a Delton can't do. I can't just rip a Delton in half or whatever. But seeing these big otter-beaver hybrid things doing these fights just hardcore. The, the <laughs> mental image just cracked me up constantly. Hardcoring up a wall. Yes. <laughs> So, um, and I love the fact that they, that, you know, some of the names that he chose or whatever, um, you know, I love the fact that, you know, he, he, he did that. And of course the way, um, what did they call, they called Hugh something or another and he goes, yeah. And it just happens to translate to fat ass or something like that. And he's like, <laughs> oh, haha. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so the rest of the book is pretty much a high, kind of a heist or whatever. He ends up getting Bender and at the very end, at the very, very end, um, they get caught and he's just like, he's like, crap, I can't believe this. Right at the very end where, you know, I almost, we almost got Bender out of here. We almost were, you know, safe or whatever. And then Hugh comes in and he's just like, all right, cool. We got this. And he's like, what did you do? I was suspicious of Hugh for a yeah. long time. I was that. too. And I'm well, glad so he turned well. out to be okay, but like. But like Bob was just kind of like blowing off a lot of his weird faces and comments, but you know, until it was a little too late, but I don't know. I could tell he had something up his sleeve. I knew, yeah, I agree. I I knew he was up to something and I wasn't quite sure what it was, but I should have put two and two together whenever they were like, "Well, we think this may be an AI controlling it." I should have been like Oh, well, obviously he's just like, well, sure, if we can get Bender, great. But if I can get access to this AI, that would be super duper. So, uh, and that turns out to be the plan, Um, which in the end, most people tend to be, were tended to be okay with it. So the, the conclusion of the book is essentially um, they meet with this AR. Hugh ends up talking with this AI and basically makes a deal. He's like, Hey, listen, um, you know, you give us Bender, you give us the cube, you let us go, um, and um, you tell us how to make an AI because you are an AI, and um, we will give you the all of you know the secrets of the technologies that we have. So, uh, interspace travel and so on and so forth. And so, the backstory of the AI is is basically um, some of their uh, some other people created this AI right as their planet was nuking itself. And so instead of them going, being like, all right, well, cool. We're going to peace out y'all, you know, y'all try to figure out your shit. We want to just go be us. It turned into, 
oh, hey, this is going to be uh, the lifeboat for our entire civilization. Um, and so an AI being a computer figured, well, I've got to do what I can do to make sure that everyone is is, you know, is not going to kill themselves again. And so it kept them from getting to a point where they could have weapons of mass destruction. And unfortunately, they started breeding themselves stupid. <laughs> so yeah, it was intentionally breeding them backwards to make sure that they would survive. So right, and which I think is an it, interesting concept. Well, yeah. <laughs> so the the other thing that I liked about the Quinlan as well, sorry that we didn't really touch on, was um, that their children <laughs> were actually capable of taking care of themselves physically, but their brain didn't kick in until they were about five. <laughs> so that was hilarious. The whole badger scene was awesome. That's just a feral child. Yeah. <laughs> and I love the fact that he overreacts and punts it like a good distance away. I just see this cartoon image, like all four legs spray, just like flying over. And then it comes back. Like apparently yeah. he didn't do enough damage to kill it, but um, because that was a, that was a fun scene too. There was lots of um, I don't necessarily laugh out loud moments, but there were a lot of very humorous moments in this in this book. Um, and like I said, I think maybe a part of it stems back to the fact that we're not dealing with this weird gorilla pig mashup that probably looks kind of freakish and, and scary. We're dealing with something that looks kind of cute and cuddly, but <laughs> is actually got a really bad attitude. <laughs> so I like uh, I like when he swallows the coins and he's like, I better not swallow too many, too many so I don't jingle. And then all of his spiders are coming out of his mouth as well. <laughs> the fact that he kept saying, oh, I really just want to freak this guy out. <laughs> just cough up a couple more coins and away I go. So let me ask you all this. Did the personalities of the characters uh, seem to fit? Like, did they st- – I'll, I'll go ahead and answer this. Um, I feel like the, um, the way that the, the characters have grown – in this book compared to the other ones all seemed natural to me. Like this, this was Bob. This was obviously still Bob. He's still, he was still Bob. There wasn't any kind of a sharp left turn or anything. Um, I can see Will and Bill, um, all kind of coming to the conclusions that they came to and just being like, yeah, listen, humans are stupid. Can we, can we go do something else now? So, um, I, I felt like all the characters had natural growth to them, uh, and we didn't get any like hard left turns. Because I always hate that whenever you're, if you if you're reading a story and all of a sudden it's just like, well, that person would have not done that previously. That didn't that didn't fit. Yeah. Yeah. No, Dennis knows his characters very very well, and he, I think it was, and that like because what is it now about three hundred years. For 200 years that this has all been happening? Something like that, yeah. So, you know, how does an immortal change over a couple of centuries? What are their, you know, are they relatively the same? Do they grow a little bit? Like, how much does a person change over time? It definitely felt like a natural progression for each of those characters. Mm -hmm. Nobody felt like they were out of step. It was... So in the final conclusion of the book, we have uh, 
the AI, I can't remember remember its name, um, even comes to the moot. Like it, it joins the moot and the administrator. Um, yeah, the administrator. Yeah, and it. You know, even say, ask it, do you think you have a soul? And it's like, yes. And they're yeah. like, whoa, okay. And he's he the way he explains it, it's like, okay, that yeah, that sure that makes sense. Um, and it kind of made like the administrator seem like I kind of want to see how like more more happens with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll we'll talk about where we kind of see things going or hope we see things going here in a second. But then it ropes around back to the thing of, well, here's the thing. Starfleet did this. This was bullshit. Uh, they really fucked things up, but I don't really think it was them. Like they didn't seem like they were capable of this because once everything started going down, they acted like they didn't know how to, how to do this. And it kind of came back around that it was actually the skippies that probably, saw an opportunity to get their hands on a, a working AI and used the use Starfleet as a um, scapegoat. scapegoat to to get what they wanted. Yep. So uh so how do y'all feel about the skippies going forward? Because I started to like you and it's like I I kinda like you, but I don't know if I can trust you. <laughs> so for me there is the, the good thing with the Skippy's plan was they didn't really like the idea of the humans being involved with the Bobs, but they weren't going to do, they weren't going to go to violence. And Starfleet sounded like they were ready to go to violence. Oh, that's right. Yep. And so this was their way of, okay, let's fix this. So we're, we're going to get the humans to go away. We're going to not do it with violence. And we're also going to potentially get AI out of this. Uh, so that, that was their whole plan the whole time. And then and they say, someone say, that sounds like that sounds like a lot of master planning for the Skippies. And they're like, well, didn't they create a supercomputer that like could fucking like that that would be able to figure out those scenarios, for figure them. out stuff like this? Yeah. yeah. So. so yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I liked you and I wanted to like you, but the whole book, the way it was written, you never really trusted or understood his full intentions up until the end so yeah moving forward i'm not sure how far you can trust him (laughs) yeah that was kind of the most transparent blind side i've ever read Mm -hmm. (laughs) you knew it the whole time you knew it and you just weren't sure what how how bad it was going to be you didn't know the particulars. You knew something was there. You just didn't know the particulars. Yeah. yeah. Starfleet would never be bad. Come on. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> but uh, yes, he would. They, they used no, 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 no. Maybe Section Thirty-One. That's and, what I'm saying. <laughs> but, uh, um. Yeah. It, you know, there's a lot more to the story there. Like. What did they find? Because they they hint at they found something else and had Starfleet terrified. Mm-hmm. They never never go into it. Yeah. And was it Starfleet that found it, or because wasn't it? It was the Skippies that showed them something, but they don't explain what it was, and it freaked them right out. So. And that's see. Be... I thought maybe I thought maybe it was PS. PSTD from um, the other, just from the war. Just like listen, 
other other races are not good. Like we're just we're begging we're we're just asking for trouble, you know, continuing to deal with ephemerals and other other races and stuff. Like let's just let's just do us. Like and and but unfortunately then like by that point they've already the bobs have already splintered. They're already their own separate things. So but I'm like you, I wanna know what caused Starfleet to to be the way that they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think it has something directly to do with the Skippies. I think they've they've gotten a lot further along in their uh, artificial intelligence than they're letting on. So maybe. But and and it has something to do with like Riker's thoughts too about how come we haven't seen a more advanced level of technology. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's the singularity that did it. So. Starfleet knows all about singularities. They have movies about it and yep. television shows. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, you know, that, that was Dennis Taylor, the singularity trap. So, I mean, I could definitely see him roping, you know, that, you know, that ideology in, into, you know, future Boba verse books. So, yeah. um, is there anything else in particular going forward you're interested in seeing? I'm interested. I'm like you. I want to find out what happened to Starfleet. Um, and of course I want to see where they end up thinking, you know, well, let's, let's go travel and see what else we find and who all's along for that, for that journey. So, cause it sounds like we've got at least some of the core bobs that, you know, I really like to, that are, are down for, you know, let's go explore the universe. Yeah. So. There could be so many more books. Oh uh, yeah. Like it's forever expanding, but. I'd be happy with just the core. Like it was, those are really good stories and all that. I think going forward, the time dilations and all that may make it more like as they're traveling. I think it's going to be more difficult to keep the stories together. Mm-hmm. So he might have to start splitting stuff off. But that's why Will was going ahead and drop as he's leaving, he's dropping the so that he's always in touch. He's dropping yeah. the stations as he goes. So that's maybe but how they get away from that. As he's going, all, all he can do is like talk because he's not yeah. between stars. There's not a whole yeah. lot to do. <laughs> maybe the Skippies will find a way for him to to be able to be yeah. in VR while he's traveling. Yeah. <laughs> Because of AI or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, well, does anyone have anything else they want to add? Uh, overall, really enjoyed the book. Um, it, like I said, it it definitely had a different tone than the other ones in that it didn't quite jump around as much. Um, I would almost kind of like to see going forward, like if we get, I don't know if this one acts as another trilogy, like if there's a two more books in this realm or if this maybe acts as a, a jumping off place to, you know, like maybe, maybe we get a future trilogy where they're, uh, you know, we have the core group in there. It's them exploring and, you know, branching off from them again. So, but I think he, Dennis has to be careful with the, uh, antagonist he picks. Like he's getting to a point where, you can't pick, like, create something that's so powerful that the Bobs don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of alluded to that. Like, 
why don't we see a technology like a species that has a greater technology and all that well careful there bobs because you may find something that yeah just totally wipes you out and there's it'll be difficult to create a story where they succeed in winning so i think keeping the stories between the bobs would probably be the safest bet and just hint at something else out there um because yeah internal strife those are good stories Mm -hmm. uh you create more different types of bobs out there yeah that's cool or more replicants of other humans to introduce into it because those are understandable and you can understand those conflicts and there's always ingenuity and stuff like that that will keep those stories fresh but if you introduce like a god figure into it well that that could have the potential to ruin all the stories it, that'll be your your end yeah mm-hmm. so. it, it's like the magic 2.0 books the same idea like we don't know why the everything fixes itself uh but it just yeah. does and we don't know who wrote this program maybe their initials are god we don't know <laughs> yeah and that's kind of where i left it so yeah i also I, like and we didn't touch on this one of the other things i liked is the the fact that they brought up that even though some of the bobs have become very proficient in certain areas um they're just not like you know they're they still need they still need humans who are like experts in their field because they, their mind just works differently. Even though the bobs are starting to split off and who knows, maybe we will start to see that in that some of them can start to think vastly differently. Um, like none of the bobs can touch Bridget when it comes to, to the biological stuff. None of the bobs as advanced as they were, were able to understand the, the uh, topopolis like the, like, you know, like the, the doctor cut or whatever. And uh, going back always, like, they wanted to get Butterworth because they're like, we suck at trying to outthink the other guy when it comes to war. And they're like, Butterworth knew this shit hands down. Mm-hmm. So uh, seeing, like you said, Sean, seeing more like more humans may be coming in and seeing that kind of conflict might be really interesting. So, mm-hmm. hell, just the fact that. You know, look at our look at our history. The fact that hey, we're going to start another civilization over here, that may be enough conflict just to be like, well, y'all are y'all are different now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so who knows? Um, I have right, a question for yes. the group. Um, I don't quite understand how or why the Bobs have amassed money and like what the need for it is. They've got all these businesses and all these things going on, but like they're not human. So <laughs> that just confused me. Like how did they get this money and what are they using it for? I guess. Well, they still need physical things like computers and stuff like that. They still need physical. They can hardware just make anything they want out of whatever, you know, like so they can find the resources. They can do the resources, but in order to interact with the humans, uh, the humans have put a dollar figure to it. And it was uh, based on one printer hour. Uh, printer hour. Yeah. So uh, that was, it was the human way to make sure that there was an economy. And so <laughs> the Bobs naturally had to be a part of that. 
And because they were rich in resources and rich in time, they naturally had some of these, like Howard, right? Howard already had a bunch of businesses and stuff going on um, with the distillery and a bunch of other things too. So uh, it was natural that they would be, they would get some ownership of these things. So I think, I think to kind of, I think maybe so what you're really asking is, um, why? Why would they care? Why would they care if they have money and stuff? Because you're right. There's nothing stopping a Bob from going to a new solar system and setting up shop. And and it goes back to a lot what Ray said. It's, this is just what they have to do to keep interacting with humans, especially their family and the people they care about and stuff like that. I think, honestly, if if they do all leave you know, uh, the galaxy and, and go off for other places, it won't. It won't matter anymore. It's like, well, all right, cool. Y'all, y'all keep all the the auto factories and stuff. We're gonna go over here and do our own thing. So, um, yeah, I think like it was when just... who who was it? Will that Will said vote. he got kicked off or he was getting voted off the island and he went through like all this work to get his assets moved and stuff. And I'm thinking, well, what the hell does he need all that for, anyways? But I think it's just those... so that they can have that connection to humans, like. If they break, yeah. if they ever decide to completely break that connection to humans, it won't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, all right. Well, I guess that we will wrap up our uh, our commentary on this book. Um, maybe we will try to in the coming years if we can get uh, uh, Dennis back on. Part of me doesn't want to bother him. Hopefully, he's working on um, More Outland could, Book Two. We yeah. could try for the narrator. As well. Oh yes, I would oh, love, yes. I would love that. Um, yeah, maybe we should set our sights on that. So, um, so that if is you're our. Listening. Yes. <laughs> uh, so let's go ahead and move on to uh, other things that we're reading. Would anyone like to go first? Sean's read like four things according to him since he oh, read this book. Right now, yeah, I, uh, boy, I've read a lot. Um, but right now I'm listening to Morningstar, which is the uh, third book in the Red Rising series by uh, Pierce Brown. It is freaking amazing. Um, one of my co-workers was the one that got me hooked on this one um, because he also loved the Bobaverse, so we were always talking about it and all that. And he's like, oh, you got to really listen to this. And, man, it's another one where the series, I can't stop listening. Like, I, I come home and I'll, like, listen for an hour while I'm doing stuff or while I'm cooking or something like that. It is just a phenomenal series. It's very in-depth. What um, is it called again? Uh, Red Red Rising is the series uh, by Pierce Brown. And um, it's got a kind of a, what the hell is it now, the, the Mocking series, whatever. Never really care for it too much. Yeah. Oh, probably. Oh, the Hunger Games. Yeah, it's it. Hunger Games. Um, it has kind of that, but it takes place on multiple worlds, set way in the future where humankind is branched off into different colors for different jobs, Mm. and the Reds are like your menial laborers. They're drilling in Mars and stuff like that, and. You have every color in between, and the golds, of course, are running the show. But there's physical differences between the colors, too. It's not just like wearing a suit or something like that. 
progress that far. Anyway, it's about a revolt. Turning a red into a gold and trying to take down the system from the inside. So, yeah, it's it's one of those things where, like, at the end of the book, you're like, holy fuck, how did you leave it with that? I, I didn't even see that coming. So, it, it really keeps you going. So, um, totally recommend it. I'm on the third book right now. I just started it today, and I think I'm already, like, an hour and a half into it. So... Yeah, and the other one that I think I read uh, was Stan Lee's, uh, was it Trick of Light? Something like that. It was pretty good. Um, you, you could tell there was a, a superhero quality to it um, with aliens and stuff like that. It was very Marvel-esque. Um, and it sets itself up to be another series, but I Stanley's passing. I don't know if, if they're going to continue on with it or not. It was pretty good. I, I would pick that one to play if it was on sale or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Lots of reading. <laughs> uh, Ray, you've been reading anything else? Uh, just this. Um, the what else did I go through? Uh, I was starting to listen to the Harry Potter books again. Uh, nothing new, just just kind of rereading or re-listening to a bunch of stuff. So, um, so yeah, nothing. What about you, Chris? Uh, lots of stuff. I haven't been on in a while. <laughs> I've read a lot of books. I've been sticking to my New Year's resolution and going through all the books. We have first before I buy any more, which is very, very hard. This is very hard. We have, to buy all. <laughs> we have a lot of books, and I want to buy all the books. Uh, so I've read things like Ender's Game. I read a uh, high fantasy called uh, Talison. I read, I've listened to all the, nope, don't know what his name is, the owner share, author, quarter share. Oh, yeah. So I've been reading all those, too. Yes. Yeah, so I'm done. <laughs> I'm all the way up to owner share. I don't know how far I am into it. Um, Ishmael's Adventures, yeah. Yes, so I'm <clears throat> on to owner share. And I am now reading, at night, I'm reading Two Towers. So I finished the first one, and now I'm reading Two Towers. I like it. I But, I, but reading High Fantasy first kind of primed me for Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Just a lot. And I still, I mean, I don't remember 95% of the names that he throws there. There's so many names, so many landmarks and it's in, it's in that language that I can't quite remember the names. Like they're just off enough that I, I make up my own pronunciations and therefore forget them. So well, <laughs> even having Sauron and Saruman and, and all that. Like, oh, and then the accents yeah. and stuff. There. And <laughs> anyway, so I'm reading two towers and then my goal is to read, um, Return of the King and then The Hobbit because that's what we have and then we'll, I'll figure out after that but they're good nighttime books put you right to sleep <laughs> <laughs> they're slow <laughs> but they're really really good <laughs> uh, what about you Jen? hell no I could barely get through this book are you kidding me? <laughs> 26 hours in like two weeks and that was killing me so that's it Gotcha. Read a couple magazines, you know, 
sitting at the polls with nothing to do, but <laughs> um I I've actually read several things. I read the um novelization of the move of both Ghostbuster movies. Um which is interesting reading the novelization because sometimes the novelization for a movie comes out before the movie and so they will change things. So like there are some scenes in the book that um have come out as being scenes that in some cases that were even filmed and just left out in the movies. Um, the whole scene with the, um, the, uh, uh, ghost head, if you know what I'm referring to, um, that's an actual scene where like Winston and, and Ray go to this old fort and are investigating a ghost and, uh, uh, Ray, you know, falls asleep or whatever on the bed and, the ghost comes to him and uh as we like to refer to it as a ghost head um that got cut down to just that one scene and it's part of a dream sequence in the actual movie but that actually had a full blown out scene because later on in the movie when you see them driving back across the bridge and they're having the conversation about the dead coming back to life in the bible uh that was the the wrap up of that and like i said they they filmed all of that they just cut it down and and used it differently in the movie but in the book, you know, in the the uh, novelization, it's all in there. Uh, I did that. I have come to a point in my life where I can start listening and reading Stephen King again. Um, it was too dark after events late earlier on in this year, and um, one of the books that I read was Four Past Midnight. It was actually a really. It, it's four separate stories. Most of them are pretty good. Uh, the first one is the. Um, not the, is it not the Tommy Knocker? Yeah, the Tommy Knockers, I think. Um, and I had heard, I was like, man, this would make an interesting movie. I just hope they haven't done it because I can only imagine how they would have made the bad guy in this look. And sure enough, there was a TV adaptation of it, and it was, it was horrible. I remember it. Oh, <laughs> um, watched it as a kid. Yes, and like the, I love the idea about this plane going into. Uh, basically ripping, going into an alternate universe that's basically stuck in time, and time is being wiped out by these monsters because that's how that's how time goes. Like every second of of every day of every of all time, basically we're traveling through it, but it's it's you know a frozen moment, and they accidentally get stuck in it, and it has to be destroyed by these monsters. That um, our talking was in it. Do what now? Belky from Perfect yeah. Figures. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I did that. Uh, let's see. Um, I did Desperation, which was interesting. That's you know kind of one of his older books. Um, and I finished. I, I finally finished Not Alone, Leap of Destiny, which is book five. And so I I don't know. Maybe it's because of the political season, but I'm so tired of all the politics in the book. I'm just like fucking do stuff. Um, Sean, should I go ahead and finish book six or what do you think? I've done five of the six. Should I go ahead and finish it or? Yeah, I'm a completionist, so. (laughs) Okay. I may eventually come back around to it and finish it. I just can't handle any more political stuff right now, especially in my, even in my sci-fi books, because I just want to punch everyone and just be like, (laughs) fucking Go do stuff. Like quit talking about it and go do it. <laughs> so, um, 
Well, that is our show for uh, the month, ladies and gentlemen. We have not 100% decided on what our next book is going to be, but our next show will not be until the end of December. Um, we kind of need a break. Uh, and this this book kind of getting pushed back. We didn't want to like try to rush anything. So uh, we're going to push our next book till the end of December. So uh, as soon as we know what it is, I will try to put it out there on social media so that if you want to read along, you certainly can. Uh, one of the books we are throwing around as an idea is The War of the Worlds. Um, I actually have started re-listening to it, and I'm already about halfway through it because it's not a very long book. Um, I kind of hope we decide on this one just because this is the first book I remember really enjoying reading. Like I was in fourth grade. I read War of the Worlds, and it just it blew my mind. I was like, wow, books can be like really cool and interesting. And <laughs> It's just because I really apparently like sci-fi, and that's not what you usually read in in school. You read a bunch of bullshit. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, that might be one of our books that we read. We'll see. Uh, like I said, whenever we decide, I'll I'll let y'all know. Uh, where can we find you online, Jennifer? Uh, you can find me here on Epically Geeky sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, creatively geeky and I host sustainably geeky with Chris and uh, Jen who's not on any of the other shows um, and then on Facebook Instagram and Twitter at Het's gonna be me um, so apparently you have done an episode with some people who were fans of your show I saw I saw that email is that what you're referring to no I'm referring Chris said y'all did an episode with some people <laughs> that listened to the show or something and wanted to yeah. be on Oh, yeah. They're on another podcast. <laughs> yeah. But they weren't, they, didn't they listen and then reach out? Wasn't yeah. That? They, they have yeah. their own podcast, and I guess they were searching other sustainability podcasts and found us and just said, hey, do you want to do a, a partnership? So they, they actually messaged me on Instagram. Hmm. And uh, yeah. So we, we talked and I was like, sure, let's do it. <laughs> Cause nice. we get a lot of people now that are starting to reach out and email us and stuff. And I've set up a few interviews that way. So that's very cool. Was that? Yeah. Every time we get something to the main, you know, I, I check our main email address and anytime I see anything sustainable, it's like, Oh, forward Jennifer Edsel. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I contact them all and we've gotten a few out of it. So it's pretty cool. That is very cool. Chris, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me here when we're not reading Star Wars books. Uh, and I just can't, I can't get into them. Uh, on Sustainably Geeky with Jen, on Creatively Geeky, and on Epically Geeky, and on Instagram at Witchy Time Traveler, which is a private account, but you never know. And then I have a little shop um, on Instagram called Rose and Hummingbird, so you can look that up too. Cool. Yay. Nice. Uh, Ray, where can we find you online? The Reluctant Yeti on uh, Instagram, Twitter sometimes, but that is accessible, so just really just <laughs> to Instagram. Gotcha. Uh, Sean, where can we find you online? Uh, uh, on most of the geekies. Uh, Facebook, your favorite broken toy on uh, Instagram. It's private, but yeah, I'm, I'm not too picky. I don't actually yeah. know why it's private, but anyway. <laughs> around <laughs> and as always you can follow me follow my individual wacky adventure online at optimus Jane on facebook instagram and twitter for everyone on the site have a good night
This has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. <laughs>